Good morning. Um, We're going to uh, start out this morning in Judges chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. It says, And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went after other gods from among the gods of the peoples who were around them and bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. They abandoned the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtaroth. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he gave them over to plunderers who plundered them, and he sold them into the hand of their surrounding enemies so that they could no longer withstand their enemies. Whenever they marched out, the hand of the Lord was against them for harm, as the Lord had warned and as the Lord had sworn to them, and they were in terrible distress. Let's pray. Father God, um, Thank you for the opportunity to share this word, Lord. I pray that you would help me um, through through this word. And I pray that uh, uh, all ears and hearts would be open. um, In Jesus' name, amen. So, a couple things um, that we see in that passage... um, Israel forgot about God. They served other things. And God handed them over to those things. Um, And you would think, after thousands of years, that we would learn that lesson. But I think what we'll see is uh, that we fall right into that same pathway. And so, um, so number one, uh, we forget about God. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's irregular for us to, uh, forget about God. Um, I think that when we go throughout our lives, uh, the busyness of life and the, um, like we just tend to forget about God. And so, um, So let's go through a few of them. Um, Maybe you're here on Sundays uh, and you're listening to the Word, but on Monday morning, uh, somebody would ask you what the Word was and you couldn't remember. The Word is spoken on Sunday morning to help you through the week, right? Um, Maybe you forget to pray for the leaders of our country. Like, maybe you forget to um, pray for our church leaders. Like, um, I mean, how often do you pray that church or that Chad gets the energy to do what he does? Like, he. He works a full-time job and does full-time ministry. Like, he needs energy. Um, or, or Eddie, like, how many of you guys find yourself praying that Eddie gets a word? Or, or Jason, or Keevan, or Dave, right? 
How about our own needs? Um, Do you find yourself through the week trying to solve your own needs? So, if you have a problem that comes up, the... um, the natural response, I think, is to go and to try to work it out uh, and not lay it before the Lord. Um, so pray about your own needs, right? How many people forget to do that? Um, maybe you ask, you forget to ask forgiveness for your sins. In John 13, uh, he's... John's talking about um, uh, Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And Jesus said, if I don't wash you, then you have no share with me. And, and Peter's like, oh no, not just my feet, but my hands and my head also. And then, and then Jesus says, um, there's no need to wash all of that because you're clean. But just your feet. And so, um, so saying that, um, we should ask forgiveness for our sins. Not that we should come up and, and, uh, receive salvation every Sunday, but we should be asking forgiveness for our sins. Like, um, it's how we get better. You know, like, uh, a football player, um, puts the time and the work in to become a better football player. Uh, if we're trying to become better people, um, then we should be putting that time in. And then um, God desires intimacy for us to kind of sit in his presence. Um, so like, uh, you know, when we're praying for our leaders, our church leaders, uh, our our family members who aren't saved, like we, we can sit in God's presence and just dwell on that. Um, Luke chapter 18, 10 through 14, um, says, t- uh, two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by his self, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing afar off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Um, of course, the, the Pharisee's standing off by himself, away from everybody else, and he's praying that way as well. Um, he's praying about how good he is. Uh, and then the tax collector is on his knees, uh, crying out to God, um, We should be like that, right? So these, I don't know if you guys even know that it's okay, but like these altars should be worn down and stained. Worn down because 
because we've knelt here. Stained because we've cried out to God. So, why don't we do that? Is it because we don't feel like we need him? Like we accepted the Lord one day. Is it because we don't feel like we need him? Is, is it because we don't feel like he will help us? Like there's this massive God who created all the galaxies and the earth and, and all the, the animals inside of it. And like, do you feel too small for God to help? Maybe we don't come to the altar because we're worried about what church people think. We should be like that tax collector. We should be crying out. We should be at the altar. And all this, um, all this to say, if we're, if we're not doing these things, we tend to forget about God. Right? Um, so we forget about God. And as soon as we forget about God, we begin to serve other things. Um, so, alcohol, maybe we feel like um, we need to escape life or um, our troubles are overwhelming us and we begin to uh, serve alcohol, work. Maybe we're really into promotions and raises and, and seeing how far we can get in life. How about sports? You ever get your face painted up for Jesus? <laughs> or, or wear Jesus gear? Right? Books. I feel like readers always get by on this one. But, but you can absolutely worship reading. Like it, getting into uh, how many books I can read in a month or a year. Friends, family, like we can, these are all things that we can worship. We elevate our spouse and our friends and our bosses um, to a place that they shouldn't be. They looking for the um, the accolades or looking for them to heal some sort of wound that you have. Um, now, not that I'm advocating a works-based salvation, um, but but when we when we gave our life to the Lord, we said, "You're right. We're wrong." And, and the more we're with him, the more we should be like him. Paul, in most of his books, promotes himself as a bondservant. A bondservant is where one Hebrew owes another Hebrew money, 
and then he ends up serving him um, for seven years. At the end of that seven years, he has two choices to make. He can either take um, take all the, the money and the cattle and stuff like that and go off and live his own life, or he can choose to stay with his master because he loves him. Paul identifies that way. He said, I had my salvation... And I have two, two different ways I can go. I can, I can take this stuff and I can live my own life or I can stay with my father because I love him, right? Now, so I need to clarify, like, he's not looking for some future version of yourself. So, like, if you're caught up in this stuff... Or your, your pathways, uh, to the future isn't clear and, and you're, you're still getting through this stuff. Like, um, you know, God, God loves you just as much as he loves Chad, <laughs> who's, who's far advanced in his walk, right? Um, all right. So we forget about God, we tend to serve other things, and then, uh, and then he hands us over to those things. Matter of fact, the, one, the second half of verse 15 says, Every time Israel went out to battle, the Lord fought against them. Now, you may be like, okay, that's the Old Testament stuff, right? Um, but in Romans 1, 24 and 25, um, it says, Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Um, if you know that passage, you know, like there's, there's a lot of really bad stuff in there, but, but how about 28 through 32? Um, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do whatever, to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They're gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. I bet you could find yourself in there somewhere. God does it from a place of fatherhood. You know, like, um, if one of my kids does something bad, I'm angry about it. (laughs) Um, And I'm probably going to work against them on that. 
but for their betterment. All right. Judges 2.16. Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hand of those who plundered them. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Um, so it brings me to, and I'll let you know where I'm at, uh, Judges chapter 3, verse 12. Um, God raised up judges to go before Israel to defeat their enemies after they cried out. Okay, so, so it brings me to... Um, the story of Ehud. Am I saying that right? Yeah. <laughs> um, the story of Ehud. And Ehud acts like a, a form of the Holy Spirit. Because he is raised up and he's, um, he saves Israel. So... Um, And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord strengthened Eglon, the king of Moab, against Israel, because they had done what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He gathered to himself the Ammonites and the Amalekites and went and defeated Israel, and they took possession of the city of Palms, and the people of Israel served Eglon, the king of Moab, 18 years. So, so here again, Israel has forgotten about God. They've served other things. And God raises up Eglon to defeat Israel. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, and the Lord raised up for them a deliverer, Ehud, the son of Gera, the Benjamite, the Benjaminite, uh, a left-handed man, the people of Israel sent tribute by him to Eglon, the king of Moab. Um, so I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what's going on here. So the, the people of Israel send a tribute uh, to Eglon, which is, so it's a special gift that you send to somebody special. Um, I'm not exactly sure what's going on there, but um, but it's obvious that Israel knew something was wrong, and they cried out to the Lord, and the Lord raised up Ehud. And Ehud made for himself a sword with two edges, a cubit in length, and he bound it on his right thigh under his clothes. And so, like, the, the, the robes that they wore, um, if it was on his left side, 
uh, would have left it exposed and it would have been caught. But being on his right thigh, um, it was concealed. <clears throat> now, um, and he presented the tribute to Eglon, the king of Moab. Now, Eglon was a very fat man. And when Ehud had finished presenting the tribute, he sent away the people who carried the tribute. But he himself turned back at the idols near Gilgal and said, I have a secret message for you, O king. And he commanded silence, and all his attendants went out from his presence. And Ehud came to him as he was sitting alone in his cool roof chamber. And Ehud said, I have a message from God for you. And he arose from his seat, and Ehud reached with his left hand, took the sword from his right thigh and thrust it into his belly. And the hilt or the handle uh, also went in after the blade and the fat closed over the blade for he did not pull the sword out of his belly. And the dung came out. Then Ehud went out into the porch and closed the doors of the roof chamber behind him and they were locked. So, So God raises this Ehud up and then he goes out and he defeats the band who defeated Israel. When he had gone, the servants came, and when, when they saw that the doors of the roof chamber were locked, they thought, surely he's relieving himself in the closet in the cool chamber. And they waited until they were embarrassed. Um, but when he stood, or when he still did not open the doors to the roof chamber, they took the keys and opened them, and there lay their Lord dead on the floor. Ehud escaped, and while they delayed, he passed beyond the idols, escaped to Sirah. When he arrived, he sounded the trumpet in the hill country of Ephraim. Then the people of Israel went down with him from the hill country, and he was their leader. And he said to them, follow after me, for the Lord has given your enemies, the Moabites, into your hand. So they went down after him and seized the fords of the Jordan against the Moabites and did not allow anyone to pass over. And they killed at that time about 10,000 of the Moabites, all strong, able-bodied men. Not a man escaped. So Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel. And the land had rest for 80 years. So Ehud went out and killed their enemy. Then he came back to Israel and got Israel to go and carry out the, the rest of the deed. Um, it's the same way the Holy Spirit works. When we get on our knees and we cry out that God will help us stop drinking or God will help us stop gossiping or God will uh, whatever... Like the Holy Spirit goes and defeats the thing at that moment. And then he comes back for you to carry that out. Well, 
All right, worship team, you guys can come up. Um, If we're not careful, we'll forget about God. Not that it might happen, but it will happen. You will find yourself worshiping other things. And God will hand you over to them. Until you cry out to God, and then he sends the Holy Spirit who goes out ahead of you and defeats the thing and then comes and brings you alongside of him. Let's pray. Father God, um, gosh, I thank you that you gave me the opportunity to share. God, I pray that um, that the words that I spoke... Um, Lord, that they'll, they'll hit exactly where they need to hit. Um, I love you, Lord. I thank you. I give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you for delivering the word. Um, sometimes we forget what we lose when we um, forget about God. How I many have ever forgot about God and everybody around you is watching you and they see that you forget about God? And it's a good reminder. I Several years ago, Several years ago, I did a series of messages on those judges, and uh, one thing that struck me when I started teaching on the judges, in fact, I think the better um, better title might be leaders. You know, they're all leaders that God raised up in times when everybody turned their back on God. So what happens when everybody turns their back on God in a nation? The enemy comes in and destroys families. And so God was looking for leaders that wouldn't turn their back on God. And I was like, man, these are going to be some real superheroes here. And as I started digging into it, you know what I started to find out? They were almost all the least likely. In fact, Ehud, I don't, it, it's, it's very hard to find, but Ehud was left-handed and there are some Hebrew words that are used there where they say the reason why they turned that in Hebrew left-handed was because he had a withered right hand. He was disabled. And so he was the only one that could have gotten in there to defeat this king that was destroying God's people because he was disabled. He couldn't use his right hand. So God raised up the most unlikely person, a disabled man who could only use his left hand and they didn't suspect him at all. And God raised him up and you say, well, what were some of the other ones like? Well, there was one in there that's, a, that's a, actually a relative of David 
He was raised up and he was an old man. He was really old. And that was the first one God raised up and he was a, uh, his name he actually translates to the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he was the least likely because he was really old. And God raised him up in a city where there were the greatest uh, warriors that the world probably has ever seen. There was a tribe of giants that lived there. And he said, yeah, he said, I'll take that land. And God raised him up. You say, well, is it this pattern keep on? Yeah, the different leaders God raised up. One was a woman named Deborah. And in that day, it wasn't very popular for a woman to rise up and lead an army. But there was a man who was leading the army named Barak. And he was afraid to go into battle. And he said, I'll only go into battle if Deborah leads us. And so God raises up this mother. And she is raised up to deliver God's people. And on and on and on. The only one of the judges that seems to fit the bill is Samson. And Samson was powerful because his hair grew as he was holy to God. As he separated himself to God, God gave him strength. And that's what the hair symbolized. It meant that I was separated to God. And as long as he was separated to God, he could allow his hair to grow. And the power in the hair being cut is that he turned his back on God. So the only one that ever looked like he fit the bill was Samson, but Samson had to learn that I'm only good for God when I'm separated to God. And so what judges, what you end up finding out is, and I'm going to close with this, but what you find out is that who can God raise up to lead our families back to God and come against the enemy who's destroying our families? What's he destroying us with? In fact, let me give you another one. Another one was a farmer that had no weapons, but he was trying to protect his uh, farmland And all he had was farm implements. And uh, he had no weapons of warfare and ends up defeating the enemy with farm implements. (laughs) Okay? I'm just telling you, they were all a mess and they were all the least likely. And what Judges is trying to tell you is, who can can, uh, stand up when your family is being destroyed by drug addiction? Who can stand up when your family is being destroyed by alcohol? Who can stand up when your family is being... How many know their family is being destroyed by this world right now emotionally mentally physically people are just being destroyed by the enemy and god says who can i raise up anybody anybody that will stand for the lord i will raise up i'll raise up deborah the mom i'll raise the disabled man i'll raise the farmer that has no weapons i'll raise up anybody and i will deliver my people if you'll just trust me one person I mean, oh, that's a great message. That that is an awesome message. We can't forget about God in our generation. Hallelujah. Um, Mike, if you'd come up here. I want to pray for Mike. I want us to gather around him. And uh, I just, uh, I'm so happy to have Mike up here. I know Eddie and I both have been waiting for a long time to Mike come back and preach. And uh, how many love that message? And uh, can I tell you something? I I don't hope he doesn't mind me sharing this, but with everything that Mike went through, Cut the music just a little bit for a second. Just one second. I'm going to pray here. Just lower it down. The fight it takes sometimes just to uh, form sentences. How many know that Mike, uh, James, you were there. It was a struggle for a while, wasn't it? Even just to get back to talking and, you know, after everything God has brought him through. And I've been praying for a long time to 
get him back in the pulpit. How many miss Mike in the pulpit? And uh, and I'm so thankful that uh, it's a miracle that God has uh, brought him everything he's been brought through. And uh, I just want to gather as a family around him and just pray uh, for God's miracle working power to continue in his life. So if you guys would just gather around here, I'm so thankful to have him back in the pulpit. And I hope... Uh, God will put another message. He said, pray for Chad and Eddie and uh, Keevan and different ones to have a message. Let me know. I want to pray that God puts another message on Mike's heart. I want to see him back in that pulpit. I have my best attendance when Mike's in the pulpit. You know, so I, I got to have Mike back in the pulpit. <laughs> so everybody get close. Don't be afraid. I won't bite real hard. I'm a little closer. Everybody look closer. We're family. It's not COVID anymore. We're good. I say that. Okay, let's get in here. All right, hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now, Lord, we just thank you for Mike, Lord. Lord, for his obedience to your call, Lord. Lord, for the faith that he's shown through such difficult times, Lord God. And we thank you for your faithfulness in his life. Uh, Lord, we just pray right now that you would give him the strength Uh, for this hour, Lord God, for everything that's before him, Lord. Strengthen him, Lord God. Courage, Lord God, even more uh, than he's already shown, Lord God. Father, I don't know a more um, courageous person, Lord God, than what he's went through, Lord. And uh, I just pray right now that you continue to pour that in his life, Lord. I pray healing right now over the uh, things that the doctors have uh, said, Lord. Lord, we pray right now over his... um, his mind, Lord God, his brain, Lord. Father, we uh, speak over this uh, diagnosis, Lord, that he's had. And uh, we uh, pray, Lord God, healing right now from the top of his head uh, to the soles of his feet, Lord God, that you would do mighty things, Lord God, that we don't even understand, Lord, that you would do miraculous things for Mike and his mind, his his heart, his um Um, faith, Lord God, that you would just um, be mighty in his life in every way. And we we thank you, Lord, that you brought him so far in you, Lord. And we thank you for this word and this day that you've given us, Lord. We don't ever take it for granted, Lord God, what you give us, Lord. And uh, we thank you for it. And we pray all these things in your name, Lord Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Have a great day in the Lord.